Welcome to The Conversion Show, a podcast that's all about, you guessed it, conversions. Everything that gets you to your goal, whether that's purchase, lead capture, app install, content downloads, chat engagement, or demo requests, we're talking conversions. Hosted by Eric Christensen, CEO and co-founder of leading conversion optimization platform, Just Do Know. On The Conversion Show, Eric sits down with industry-leading marketers, e-commerce growth experts, founders, and entrepreneurs to chat all things conversion marketing. Be sure to follow The Conversion Show podcast to be notified when a new episode goes live. Like what you hear? Leave us some love with a review. And now, here's your host, Eric Christensen. You know, welcome to the show. We're, you know, Mm. here today, we're going to be talking about customer experience and how that is such a critical role in achieving conversion excellence. So today my guest is Virgil Gick. Is that how you pronounce it? Gick? That's perfect. Yeah. Nailed it. With, <laughs> and, and, um, <laughs> now, we Supply Labs. Do you go by We Supply or We Supply Labs? That's been a question. Uh, we Supply. Okay. So yeah. Would you please share? Find the domain name. <laughs> um, I know what you do, but would you please just provide a quick breakdown yeah, of sure. We Supply Labs? Sure. So at WeSupply, we basically help uh, e-commerce businesses as well as retailers to deliver an Amazon-like experience. Yes. I'm so glad you led with that because that is exactly why we're here is that the Amazon experience, you know, we did a customer poll, uh, not our customer, shopper poll, and 65% of the customers said they're going to be doing their holiday shopping on Amazon. As we talk about retailers competing against Amazon, well, you have to understand your competitor and understand why they're beating you. And you have to figure out how to replicate and improve upon those experiences. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Amazon, you ask, you, I mean, I'm, even everyone shops on Amazon. And the reason people shop Amazon is you hear it time and time again, they make it so damn simple to, to buy. Exactly. So what we've been doing is really breaking down what that experience is that makes it so damn simple and easy. And let's work to replicate that on your website. Mm -hmm. And this is why I love, this is why I'm so happy for our audience, why you're here today is when you go on Amazon, you know, shipping continues to be the number one reason people don't check out on a website. And it's not just shipping costs. It's the communication factor. It's that customer experience. If I'm on a website, if I'm on Amazon, I go there because I know they tell me when it's going to ship. I'm confident in what they tell me. It's uh, it's free most of the time. Uh, if not free, people are willing to pay to get expedited, especially during the holidays. Correct. Then there's a whole other aspect, which unless you've been a retailer and been in the trenches and understand that it's not once the order is placed, it doesn't stop there. You have to communicate everything through that customer all the way till it gets to that doorstep. Then once it gets to the doorstep, it's not over. They don't like the package. Is it going to be easy to return? With Amazon, you can go to a UPS store and drop it off. This is, it's the logistics, the operations of retail that me personally, having been a former retailer, I, we operated a hundred thousand square foot facility. I never want like to see inventory again. I never want to deal with the operations, like your whole world, what you provide, it's takes, it's, there's a lot to it, a lot of logistics. So with that lead in, I love everything that you're doing. 
So <laughs> thank you. Can you please like share? Would you mind just sharing a quick background on how yeah. how you started? You know, took this passion of making this customer experience with this what we just discussed. Yeah, sure. So uh, a few years ago, about like <clears throat> ten. <laughs> <laughs> at this point, the flight time just flies by. Uh, I used to work for a retailer. Uh, it's called Kicks USA, and they had another sister company, Ubic. <clears throat> they got acquired. Now, now it's called Snipes and Atmos. They are in the footwear lifetime, lifestyle industry. Very similar to how's it called? Uh, Foot Locker, basically. Okay. And we had at that point about like close to 100 stores, you know, throughout East Coast. Uh, 100. Philadelphia, New Jersey, uh, New York area. And we were rapidly growing. And I was basically the second hire on the customer, on the digital team, basically to build out the e-commerce website. I was hired as a developer at that point. They're like, hey, <laughs> hey, we need a website. Yeah, pretty much. And they're like, we need a website. We have these two brands, you know, help us out. I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, so um, I did my best, you know, <laughs> to build it out, you know, to get them started. And everything went very well because we had such a huge support from the retail side. We grew exponentially. Like within what, what year was this? Like 10 years ago, 2003, four, something like that. Oh, no, so 2013. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny how that is. Yeah. I mean, and which platform did you put them on? Magento. Magento. Yeah, they were the, they were the kings back then. And it was even Magento one. <laughs> so yeah. we had a ton of issues, you know, and, but it was fun, you know, like we built it out fast, you know, I built many other businesses prior to that and it was really great. And we grew exponentially, like within like six months, we hit 1 million within, you know, like first year, it just grew. Like after like a few years, we were like in many, many millions, you know, and we were dealing with a ton of customers and the customers wanted their products basically as soon as possible, right? And the biggest challenge was we didn't have a centralized location to send out all the packages. Like the, the shipments, were, like the products were at the stores, right? You can't have from each style of footwear, you know, all the size selection, everything, you know, in one location. It was at every store you had a few items, right? But that was a nightmare because... <clears throat> We had to have the really good order routing, you know, to route at the correct store that has the inventory. We had to make sure the inventory was there and all that. No, the customers weren't pulling that inventory from the store. Yeah, exactly. So as soon as an order was coming, let's say you're buying a t-shirt, pants and two shoes, you know, that order can be shipped from four different locations, four different packages. So <laughs> at that time, you know, customer service, you know, um, <laughs> after every weekend, they had like over 5,000 customer support tickets. Like the number one question was always, where's my order? When do I get my products? You know, I received one product. When do I get the rest of them? You know, so that was a ginormous headache, you know, like at that point in that company, we had like over 60% of the questions, you know, just order related, you know, like. When do I get it? That was the number one question. And, you know, ever since, you know, it drives me crazy. Like I never order, if I find the, pro if I want to buy anything, let's say this mouse, right? I want to buy a mouse and I can go to Logitech and buy it from their website, or I can go to Amazon. I'm going to go to Amazon because I know I'm going to receive it. I know when I'm going to receive it. 
especially if it's something that you want to use over the weekend or now for the holidays, you don't want to risk, you know, this whatever website, you know, really cool, you know, but who knows what they have behind the scenes to ship out your products. You want it by Friday. You want it by Christmas. Not the and day. as a consumer, you want to support that brand. Yeah, you want to. But, but that's that's a bonus. Yeah, I don't care about the brand. I care about myself. And I'm not selfish. That's how we operate. Like I mean, my, my blue Yeti, Mike, mm -hmm. I specifically bought it directly from them to test the experience to just i have it. the same microphone i didn't even wait for amazon i went to best buy and picked it up myself well and that's where you talk about customer experience having the uh the in-store locator on mm -hmm. websites is another thing it's like people are are willing to be like look i need this today right now i'm willing to go down to best buy but you know do they have it you know if, if you're on the brand's website uh it's you know part of the customer experience you know location and if but, I can't get it from <clears throat> local, so I have, this is my chain <laughs> of decision. Yeah. If I can find it local within like 10 minutes driving, I go and pick it up local. If I can't do that, then I'm going to look it up on Amazon. If Amazon is not available <laughs> and I can only buy it from the retailer itself, you know, like whatever the brand it is, I first check if I can find another product that's very similar <laughs> on Amazon. <laughs> and if everything fails, <laughs> then I go to the actual company. Okay. Option I, one local. I, option I am messed up, but that's how I operate. And many people operate the same way. That's the problem. It's how consumers operate. And it's why 65% of consumers are going to be shopping through Amazon. Mm -hmm. um, and it's also why our, you know, for me, it's Sunday night is my recycling trash night. It's why we now loathe our, our trash days was because we're breaking down boxes for half an hour and we were looking at all this waste. <laughs> so, but, but that is our job. Our yeah. job is, is number three. Our job is to help retailers understand how to replicate that Amazon experience. Mm -hmm. So you can win, you can, you can win that sale on your site. And why do, why does the retailer care about winning that, that business on their site? comes into owning their customer exactly customer data and also with amazon you know amazon you know you go on amazon it's the amazon the world it's the world's largest you know they have not just that your product that your your brand owns but right next to it, it's probably the one they're oh they're making now or it's all the competition so you're gonna you potentially could lose a sale so getting back to Number three, we'll call it, I mean, think about it. Is it, you know, Amazon's biggest river in the world? Well, retailers as a whole, Amazon won't live without brands and innovators creating new products. And DTC brands, it's our job to help them even expand further. So, you know, whether it's with the largest ocean Pacific project or Everest project, whatever it is, that's what we have to, in 2023, as we finish up 2022 here, you know, the MarTech stack around this customer experience is what we're exploring and what this show is about. Um, so why well, want you, you to be shopping? <laughs> I mean, we both have companies that we do this and, and I feel guilty when I shop Amazon, but there's a reason. So yeah, let's get back to educating our, our customers mm -hmm. on what they should be doing. And that's why I love We Supply Labs. Like, can we start yeah. with your... <laughs> your product 
of the and I want to show this uh, Ooh, where it's <laughs> estimated <laughs> delivery rates. This is where it starts because yeah. you have to win the sale first. Then so let me add something here. <clears throat> it's not because we believe it's important. It's not because it looks good. It's not because Amazon does it and so cool. It's because Amazon educated the customers already to look for that information. They educated the people to look for that little widget on your website next to the add to cart button that says order within the next 25 minutes or whatever, two hours to get it tomorrow, to get it by Friday, to get it next week. And <clears throat> it doesn't really matter what you say there, the date, honestly. The date is important if you need it right now. But communicating with the customer and being transparent about it is the most important. It's we understand what you what you expect. Mm -hmm. And that's even with the returns too. The expectation. Expectations, you know, it's like we we respect we respect what your needs as a consumer. Mm -hmm. And in the back of the consumer's mind, they're already processing like, oh, what if I don't, what if I buy this and I don't like it? Is this going to be a pain to return? Do you know, there's two sets of people right now. People that will just not return something just because it's too much of a hassle. That's me most of the time. <laughs> you know, and the ones that are like, fine, I'll print it out. I'll, you know, they go through a little rigmarole and hope they get it back within 30 days or whatever it is. That's a problem. Yeah. Because especially in a, as, as the market comes down, I won't use the word recession quite yet. You know, it's like as people start controlling their costs more at both at, at work and home, you know, this excess waste is going to stop and people are going to become right. even more frugal. So, right. you know, communicating right. the, re the return experience. And, and so uh, we supply labs. I like the word labs because you guys are this lab trying to figure out, build out these these tools and features and testing to help these retailers. So other than the, the estimated delivery, um, can you share, you know, and we talk about, you know, what information we, that should be communicated. What are there are some of the key ones that our, our audience should be kind of taking note of? Yeah. So from my perspective, and we are where we actually help uh, retailers is if you have physical locations, show the customer where, where the customer can actually pick it up. If that store is nearby, how far it is, do they have the product in the inventory? That I think it's crucial. If you can pick it up at the physical location, then when is going to take, how long is going to take you to ship it? You know, when it's going to arrive. Actually, this is really important because <clears throat> most retailer, most brands, they think about, oh, but I'm showing already ships in whatever, three days or whatever, you know, shipping time overnight. Uh, yeah, great. It's overnight, but you have a holiday, you have a weekend, you have a working day. When are you actually going to ship it out? What's your processing time? And the customer doesn't want to do all this math in their head, you know, like, oh, it ships out Monday. Okay, cool. Then how long is it going to take to receive it? You know, how long is it going to take UPS, whatever, FedEx, you know, to ship it? So I'm going to receive it Friday or Thursday? Wait, it's Thanksgiving. Do they ship on Thanksgiving? Hmm. Okay, so am I going to get it after Thanksgiving? But I'm going to go and meet up with my family and I want to bring this gift, you know, to my grandpa. 
am I going to get it by Thanksgiving or not? You know, like customer doesn't care processing time. They don't care about your shipping methods, shipping time. They care when they receive the product. Like, honestly, that's the most important. Do I get it before Thanksgiving to take it to the party or not? It's and can I trust this information they're giving me? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, so behind the scenes, how would a how is a retailer setting this up with, you know, their inventory, location, et cetera? Obviously, Amazon has their whole distribution facilities. What's it look like for a retailer? How are they setting that up? <laughs> this is the hardest part um, because it has so many variables behind the scenes. <clears throat> you need to have accurate inventory information. You might think you have 10 products right in the, in the warehouse and two at the store level, but you might not have anything at the store level or at the store level, the products are damaged, right? So very accurate uh, inventory information with safety stocks, et cetera then you need to know where are you shipping it out from. It's one, if you're from California, I can ship it from the closest location and get there you know, much faster, or I can ship it from all the way to East Coast, from East Coast and ship it all the way to California. So are you able- Products you know, are located as well. We used to have a facility in Sacramento and we knew we could get to the Bay Area next day uh, on ground shipping. So we would promote, you know, buy your snowboard today, get it tomorrow, free. Yeah. But you need to know if the inventory is there and if you have inventory at that location. So it's inventory accuracy by location. That's one of the biggest challenges, honestly. Many companies have distribution uh, distribution mm -hmm. centers all over the place, but the inventory is not there. And yeah. it's, it's the reality, you know, like, oh, you know, no, it's not accurate. Most of the time it's not accurate. What's your thoughts around, um, so let's talk shipping. You know, mm -hmm. there's, you know, free ground shipping. Uh, when we talk about sales conversions and promotions, the ability to offer expedited shipping. Mm -hmm. Do you have the calculations to know that you can say, hey, get this, get free next day shipping if they're within the cost of ground shipping, next day ground shipping? Yeah, so, so <clears throat> the way we solve this basically in behind the scenes, we have a lot of a ginormous algorithm, you know, that calculates processing time by location, by days, by sales velocity, et cetera. And as soon as we have that, we look at the locations that you have it available. We then estimate approximately how long it's going to take you to process that order. Because everybody thinks in 24 hours they process orders. That's not true. Uh, then we look at how long it's going to take, you know, for the carrier to actually ship it to that location. So is it going to be to ground shipping? You know, that's three days or maybe two days. Is it going to be overnight? Is it going to be something very economical? You know, it might be six days, you know, to ship it. So we determine that, you know, and the customer can choose, you know, which option they want. And they can see the ETA of arrival, just like on Amazon in the cart, you know, <clears throat> faster shipping, you know, it costs you this much, arrives tomorrow. And so how are you communicating this to the customer through, you know, I've made a purchase. Mm -hmm. What's the communication that that customer experience that you feel is critical? Um, basically, just like, yeah, just like on Amazon, on the product, the product page, in the cart and in the checkout. So just like you have on the product page, you have like approximately how long it's gonna take. In the cart, you can have it recalculated as well. Again, 
Maybe you have different products. They might be shipped together. They might be shipped in different boxes, as well as at the at the um, uh, in the checkout section. You know where we know exactly your address. We know exactly at that point, uh, you know your shipping method that you might want to select. How many packages you're going to receive, and it can be actually calculated very very accurately when the product is going to arrive. And just like on Amazon, it's we don't have to reinvent the wheel because you need, if you reinvent the wheel, you have to re-educate the customer. The customer is already educated by Amazon. They are just looking for the same info at the same spot. We're, we're working to replicate the Amazon experience, mm -hmm. you know, the Pacific yeah. experience, whatever we, what are we calling it? Reinvent it. <laughs> I know <laughs> you're on the East Coast. Well. <laughs> I know you're on the East Coast. We're not gonna call it the Atlantic experience. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I, I took the notes of what information is the customer looking for? Mm -hmm. What what other information are they looking for? Yeah. So as soon as I, uh, they place the order, you want to restate like, okay, hey, you place this order, you might get it in multiple packages or one package, and you're going to receive it by Friday, you know, with the exact date. Not it's going to take you three days, you know, to ship it or bullshit like that. It's going to arrive by Friday. And after that, you know, throughout all the communication. So most of the companies are basically sending out an order confirmation. Then you might receive a tracking number. And if the tracking number it, it, on Shopify is a little bit better because they have like a better experience. <clears throat> but if it's any other website, you might just get the tracking number and go figure it out. And if you're, <laughs> that's a horrible experience, you know? Yeah, like, you, you get, they just send you a like a, a yeah. FedEx like templated email oh you know what's yeah. even worse when you receive an email from fedex yeah <laughs> and it yeah. says your tracking number and it says you know the business and it's whatever and it's and like you know like oh it's not trackable yet but here it is <laughs> yeah like that's a huge uh, you know <laughs> fuck up um and basically you know com over communication with the customer like think about it when you shop on amazon do you ever go to UPS website to check your status of your shipment? Never. They tell you, they work proactively. They tell you through notifications, through emails, through SMS, you know, when the pro if you have the mobile app to notifications on that, when the product is going to arrive. <clears throat> and they are really good, you know, when they de deliver it with their own trucks, you know, they're like 10 stops away, five stops away. Next stop is you, you know, like that over communication is super helpful for the customers. And um, we basically send out all those notifications through email, through SMS, and the open rate and click-through rate on those emails beats out anything that's marketing, like 60%, 80%, 90% in some scenarios based on the product, you know, click-through rates, 40, 50, you know, like huge, like you can't compare it with anything. And those are great ways to re-engage with the customer, you know, yeah. to maybe upsell something, maybe further tell your brand story. You know, like if you're buying like a couch, right? It's huge, you know, like you might want to teach the person like, hey, or let's say a treadmill, right? Because now it's winter season, everybody's going to get treadmills, you know, because we want to get back in shape. <laughs> <laughs> or stay in shape. Staring at a Peloton over here. Uh, Receiving that Peloton is not that easy. You need to make room. You need like maybe a different circuit, you know, because it's going to, knock out your circuit breaker if you're battling too hard you know well it so, has to get has to get used for that to happen it's true. <laughs> so you what, what you're touching on is 
what our our retailers need to understand is you can't have this rebranding mm-hmm. if they're shopping on Amazon because Amazon owns that customer. You you need them to we need option three. We need to to over communicate to these customers to 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 win their business to let them know we we respect your what your needs. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, you now have a phone number for text marketing, an email, and the customer, the, the first party and zero party data of that customer shopping on your site. So when, and now you have an own channel so that you can send these, send your retargeting emails to win back that customer for that second purchase. But right. you're not going to get that second purchase if you take 10 days to get the item to the customer. Like uh, Hydro Flask is a classic example. I I wanted to, you know, I love buying directly from brands to test them out. And I've, I've used this example for years. It, it took them, they're up in Oregon, I'm in San Francisco, and it took them literally 10 days to send me some cups. It, I, yeah, had yeah. I, had I, I could have just gone and bought them local or I could have just, you know, I could have had them, but it didn't work. You know, stand this the real customer experience actually starts after the purchase, <clears throat> not prior. Prior is, it's, you know, I hope you're going to work out, you know, it's a benefit of the doubt. That's all you have. But after you purchase is when you demonstrate that you can ship the product fast, that you have the right product, that the product is good quality. And most important, regardless how great is the product, if you can't return that product, you will never buy from that brand if their return experience is crap. Let's I talk about the return experience. Yeah. What are you, what are your customers, you know, what, what separates them from, from the rest of the experience? How, how are you making it easier? Sure. So it's a, have you read that book, Effortless Experience? No. Should I I, yeah. yeah. I use I, Audible now, so. <laughs> yeah read that i think that's the most important is the it best. audible an amazon company yeah of course <laughs> you know what i do these days you know to actually not just read or listen to a book but to study it. i buy the audiobook and then i buy the kindle version and while i read i listen because you're actually re- remembering more and you know it's not just like a word you know you actually see it and listen to it and you see the chart it's so much better anyways i was on a plane yesterday i went down to la and and i i was listening to an audible book but also playing cribbage on my phone Uh, that was very (laughs) you remember a lot (laughs) (laughs) yeah so there's this book it's called effortless experience and what they say there um i forgot his name dixon something whatever and just make it insanely simple for the customer. And what the customers are looking for is self-service, the most of them, right? Like, I don't want to, that, yeah, I, I should just figure it out. So we have basically a quite good philosophy here at the supply. If the customer needs to open a ticket, you, it's a horrible experience. If they need to stay on the phone, phone, horrible experience. If the customer needs service, but is behind the scenes with automation, with AI, whatever the thing is, you know, it's good. It's so much better. But the best experience is when you don't need customer service. Like I'm an Amazon customer for, I don't know how long, I never call them. I have Gmail for, not Gmail, but the entire 
G Suite, you know? Yeah. I don't even know if they have customer service, right? I'm using Apple. I, I never call them, ever. Never. There's no need for it. If I need to figure out how to do anything in Gmail, I just search and figure it out myself. Or they made it so easy that you can figure it out. Self-service is the most important. And that applies to returns as well. Like what's worse than send us an email at this email address to start the return. And then you're like, hey, you know, you write up your email. I want to return this product. Then you forget the order number. They're like, okay, but you bought two products. Because you might say, I want to return the, the notebook. Yeah, but you got two notebooks. Which one? I don't know, the blue one. Well, they are both blue. <laughs> you know, like that's horrible. Well, I, I don't own a printer. Hmm? I don't own a printer. Yeah. Well, I, hate, I, I hate ink. I hate paper. It's <laughs> I live like a, a paperless life. And um, yeah. Oh, print out the packaging slip. It's like. And so <laughs> the way we solve that, we so we have first offer the customers, you know, like an effortless, uh, you know, like return experience, you know, self-service. You just go just like buying. You select the products, the order, you select the products you want to return. Um, the reason why you want to return it, how do you want to get refunded? <clears throat> Maybe you don't want the money back because it might take you three days for the money to hit the bank, you know, all that crap. You know, it might take a week until you have the funds again available. You might just want store credit that you can use right away to buy the new product right away before it sells out. You know, it's just so much faster, so much easier. What about exchange? Exchanges, wrong size. Yeah, so, wow, exchanges... Okay, now this is a controversial <laughs> So, <clears throat> okay, exchanges are really cool and it's really hard, hard to solve. It's not hard to solve it from a UX perspective. That's easy. It's much, much harder to solve it from, uh, from accounting perspective. CFOs hate it. The bigger, so we mostly work with bigger companies, you know, not like, small D2C companies, but retail businesses, they process a lot of orders, you know, multi-million dollar businesses. And they hate the entire concept of exchange from the books perspective. It's really hard to make it straight, you know, like they want all, all the time you want a return and the new order. And if you pay attention, if you go to most retailers, you go to Target, you go to Best Buy, you go to any other store, if you want to exchange, they are like, okay, just go grab the product. We do the return for this product and we purchase this new product. It's not because of the customer experience, you know, that you can make it nice, you know, but the backend financials is most of the time a nightmare. So there are ways to bypass that. But <clears throat> when you're talking integrations with complex ERPs, then it becomes really hard. And <laughs> most of the bigger... Yeah brand they the less they want exchanges I you remind me so much of travis my co-founder and, and also ben Zweig, who handled uh, all the warehouse distribution with mm -hmm. our our last company it's like i can tell you're passionate about this and like you're it's retail retailing is brutal yeah the margins are just getting cut 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 and the the exchanges and returns are it, one you have to get them the right product first mm -hmm. you know you have to make sure you're shipping them the right product and this is where businesses lose margin you know oh, it just kills the business so you, you know it goes 
it goes into the this whole operational aspect of the business. There's yeah. so much that happens after someone hits click and buy. The, the bigger the business, the more complex it is. <clears throat> Small company on Shopify, perfect. Exchanges can work. Shopify handles the basics. But when it's a huge enterprise, you have the ERP. It goes through sales audit. It goes through finance. It goes through like so many systems that has to match up perfectly in order for their data to be good. You know, like it's really hard, you know, and most companies, they just can't do it. You know, they are using some SAP or some other ERP system that just doesn't allow them, you know, and to have the books clean. And for that reason, most of the bigger retailers don't really want exchanges in the sense of like, okay, I just exchanged the product and the new $0 product is passed through the system. And they want a very clean return, new order. And you can actually perfect that quite easily because you can offer the customer like a gift card. If you go to Target, they always give you a gift card or whatever. And you use that gift card to place a new order. And at that point, they have very clean books. They have very clean uh, logistics behind the scenes. All the system match up. You know, it's easy. But one-on-one -on -one exchanges, then you have like, higher valued item, lower valued item. <laughs> you know, again, it, it, it goes into over communication too. And those, those emails going out post-purchase, mm -hmm. like, don't worry, we have you covered. You know, it's this customer service, like over-servicing the client to make sure they're happy. You know, the Nordstrom's model, you know, it's retail. The, okay, so we've covered pre-purchase during the purchase, shipping, returns, exchanges. Mm -hmm. Are we missing anything else? Any other key things here? <laughs> well, depends. Uh, you have the, so you have the curbside pickup. Now that's a nightmare again for most brands. <laughs> so if you see, if you realize during pandemic, all the companies who never even tried store pickup and curbside pickup, mm -hmm. they just said, we do curbside pickup and you arrived at the store and they had like a printed paper and it says, call this number. And <laughs> now that was a horrible experience. You call the number, nobody answers. <laughs> it's really bad, like really, really bad. You know, Harley Finkelstein from Shopify, he's, he's you know, he recently he's been talking about, you know, trends in the marketplace and this whole, you know, e-commerce versus retail versus omni-channel and everything and you know we're really in this this time where you know like you pull up to home depot and they have special parking for online order pickup you know e-commerce is is moving into brick and mortar like they're meshing together and then we have all these marketplaces it's such a unique time you know who who could be like an inspirational like give a client that that our listeners could look at for like inspiration who's kind of like figured it out or is like on the edge like really really kind of doing a great job at this right now for store pickup and curbside just in or, general either you know any of these aspects of creating uh, incredible customer think, experience so my top three favorite websites are um who have like everything basically <clears throat> number one is uh rei I just love REI. I love their products. I love everything they do. And I know they invested money, but they didn't invest the money that Target invested it. So that's why I love them the most. Like Target 
the best, the absolute best curbside pickup experience. That's what we replicated as well. We kind of like stole the, mm-hmm. the entire flow, <laughs> like one-to-one basically. Uh, and they have like the best experience, but they invested who knows how much money, like multi-millions. Yeah. Right? And it's really good, really, really good. What I love about uh, REI is they achieved 99% the same experience, maybe not 100, but really, really close. Like when you arrive at the store, maybe they are not waiting outside, but you wait one minute. Like that's it. Like they are really fast, like really, really fast. And you can tell how they basically mesh together like various platforms and what they developed, you know, to put everything together. But it just works. Like really works. And the third one um, that I really like, okay, I'm quite old fashioned here, but <laughs> Best Buy, I think Best Buy is really good. <laughs> like really, really good. And if I can put the worst experience on the list is Walmart. Wow, horrible. Or at least when I tested it, it was just not good. Like I waited 45 minutes. Ooh. Corpside, yeah, and I was like the patient because I wanted to see how long it takes them 45 minutes. I'm like, oh my god, these guys are never gonna deliver it. You know, it's one of those things that we talk about the customer experience when someone lands on your site and you're trying to understand their channel, whether or not they're a new visitor or like maybe a repeat customer that you know has done curbside pickup in the past because you have their their customer they've built their customer profile. Well, that's the thing <clears throat> with car- curbside pickup and store pickup. Everybody just meshed it together. Like, oh, put up, you know, the sign. Somebody's going to call the store. And that's why curbside, from my perspective, never had a great adoption because the experience was just garbage for most mm-hmm. of the seller side. You know, they solved it with like a phone number, call this number. That's horrible. Do you and think? We just had so many bad experiences that it never took off, you know, to the level that it was expected or it died off when it was not really needed. Do you think like the Instacarts partially kind of put an end to that? Because you don't even have to go pick it up. You have Instacart. Of course, you're paying a premium on everything. So it's not the greatest thing. As long as Instacart can deliver something like a TV. Hearing you talk about this experience, it makes me think that you know, when someone arrives on your site, this is something that's, you, you know, we talk about, I've been following Donald Miller and the story brand and like really what to communicate, what your customers really want to hear. It's like, maybe when they land on your site, we, we should be leading with messages of, we, you know, here is our customer experience, like um, ethos, you know, or like, here's our values of, of, or, or something more sim- simple of like, you know, buy today, get it tomorrow. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, talking about, yeah. hey, if you, yeah, if you find what you like here today, uh-huh. we're going to make sure we get this to you as quick as possible. Yeah. Why do you think most websites have the return policies in the footer in a huge document that nobody reads? Or the shipping times is the same place in the footer somewhere hidden. Yeah. Front and center. Amazon puts it on the page. You know, it's right there. Buy it now. You receive it tomorrow. If you buy it in the next five minutes, add to cart. And by the way, the returns are whatever, free. And it's right there in the box, this small. They put all the info right there. But most websites put it in the footer because they are not sure about it. So we mentioned, you know, uh, REI, Mm -hmm. Best Buy, talking about things like communicating 
returns and all that. Is there anyone that you can think of that is up top of mind that is like, it's kind of like the Nordstrom's of present day mm -hmm. other, other than Amazon? Obviously, but, you're, you have customers using your your shipping estimator. Do you have any other tools to like get that front and center? And obviously, we have our you know uh, you mentioned working with Derek. You know we're we're doing our our strategic projects together in templates. But so um, putting you on the spot well, here. <laughs> well, most of the companies they do that the estimated delivery, then over communicate at the end. Um, the returns they make it very seamless right away for um re paperless return you know like there's a great way with the qr code you just go to walgreens <clears throat> and you know scan it and they basically print it out for you so you don't need the printer anymore <laughs> uh, what was the question one more time <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I sometimes write down my questions I get asked because I just go on rants and then like come back to them I'm like wait what what did you ask me <laughs> am I on the subject or I'm like <laughs> you know we were talking about in-store pickup and REI and Best Buy how they you know great experience that you even look to replicate mm -hmm. uh, and to build it at scale for everyone um, are there any other uh, examples are are that our audience can go look at to check out for inspiration themselves. Obviously, oh, they can go to wesupplylabs.com to look at all your feature sets, but yeah, often yeah. it's great to see things in action. Sure. So we work um, with a company from Canada. It's called London Drugs. It's quite funny because <laughs> London from Canada. And they're in Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah, but they are kind of, they are a huge multi-billion dollar company. There's It's kind of like a CVS. If you can, okay. in like ginormous. I visited them. Their warehouse was like five different five football fields put together. Oh my goodness, it was ginormous. Like for an hour, we just walked. It's a huge business. Now they do amazing, amazing uh, store pickup, and because they are selling um, products similar to CVS, you know, you can buy your diapers, your medicine, your whatever you need, your drugs from there. They have a huge variety, so it's kind of like, you know, like grocery store combined with the drugstore you know they do on that side absolutely fantastic like the number of orders they are processing is ginormous and that's where we help them through with that entire experience um another company that <clears throat> i really really like is one of our clients uh ever eve they are in the fashion industry um they have if i remember correctly 100 something stores uh, as well, and they are savages. <laughs> Honestly, well, they're crazy. They're so good at what they are doing. So good. I mean, and that's a lot of, you know, when we were retailers, we would just, you know, we'd look at like backcountry.com and burton.com to understand you know, it's it's inspiration. Like, what are they doing good? And what can we do better? Yeah. You know, constantly looking. About some of the companies that we work with, some of them have like huge ERP systems, you know, that's like just massive corporation, but others, they just, they are so good at like stitching things together. Like so good. They buy like, you know, two, $3,000 products, like four of them, you know, and they stitch it together so well that they basically achieve an ERP, like unbelievable. And, you know, like we come on top of them, we integrate with everything and we give a great front end to everything. 
Well, the, you know, we talk about MarTech stacks and the, you know, like our partnerships, like you and I working together, our companies, you know, we, we plug together our kind of power, power group of like, Hey, this is the tech stack that, that is just going to actually work for you. And it's going to be super nimble, like scalable, affordable, kind of how Shopify came to, came to be is, you know, right. especially their plus, like we're building something so that you can actually grow your business and not be held up by, you know, like with these big ERPs, I remember back in the day, it's like, it would take them, you know, three weeks just to get us a quote back to do one small update to the software. And then oh, three weeks oh, is phenomenal. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, like half a year. <laughs> 2005, you know, like counterpoint radiant systems, you know, it's like, cause it's a shared code base. So they, if they're going to make a change, it's gotta be throughout the whole system. And so, and it'd be 10 times too much. So you had to build in house to, yeah, to yeah. move fast. And now with all the apps you can add in, are there any, speaking of like MarTech stacks, what, what are we, we supply labs? What are your main platform e-commerce platforms that you integrate with? <clears throat> sure. So <clears throat> Magento is one of the biggest ones. Um, Shopify, definitely huge. Um, why I mention Magento here more is usually we get bigger, more complex businesses. So yeah. they're not like <clears throat> D2C companies or they can be D2C companies, but they are like a D2C company for, you know, like 30 years ago. It's like an established business. They have like huge distribution. They're, it's major businesses. That's well, so, <laughs> you know, with Adobe making that acquisition, you know, Adobe does a lot. Um, if you, you know, go to their site, they talk a lot about personalization and, and customer mm -hmm. experience. So that would that would align pretty well with probably. Yeah, but why most of these companies are choosing, you know, a platform like Magento, Shopify is phenomenal. I think Shopify is by far the future. Did you see what they launched today? Like the real-time view of Black Friday? Well, uh, Harley's been posting. Station like two weeks ago again. I'm like, man, you guys are just building. It's It's the future. So there's no comparison to that. So on that note, talking about brick and mortar, because like, mm -hmm. like I said, we're looking, today is what, November 18th, 2022. Yep. So, um, you know, just the last three days on LinkedIn, Harley's just been heavy posting all about point of sale, in-store, brick and mortar, moving heavy into that, you know, which then aligns with in-store pickup, everything. We are seeing this post-pandemic shift back to brick and mortar websites are seeing less traffic it's not going to go away but the experience of the brick and mortar is changing change. and that on-site experience and and brick and mortar off-site are we're going to have to continue to find a way to mesh together and that's where we're talking about if you're on a site let so inform them where that brick and mortar store is so they can just run and pick it up so about you know when i used to work in retail um that was like five six years ago when I uh, ended my career there. And at that point, there was a huge change, you know, towards uh, online. <clears throat> and at that point, we were talking about the purpose of retail because we had like at that point, either 80, close to 100. And at this point, there are like 300 stores or something. Um, and concept was the, same, the following. The stores slowly but surely are gonna transform into a showroom. It's where you go, you try on your product, you look at them, you touch them, you smell them, you feel them, you 
I don't know, you, if you buy running shoes, you run on the treadmill there a bit. If you're, I can feel you're into snowboarding, you try your boots on, you jump a little bit in them, you know, they mold it for you. It's kind of like a showroom experience. But if they don't have the size for you, you know, they can ship it from a different store. They can ship it from their warehouse. They can ship it from their dropshipper, wherever they can ship it from. But it's more for the experience side. I think the retail is going to stay for. It's not going to be the place where you're going to go and do 100% of your shopping. It's where you go to experience the product. Or when you need, you know, a microphone right now, you go there and buy it. <laughs> so <clears throat> that's going to be a huge change. Now, what's the biggest problem from my perspective is there's, there's an in-store experience and there's a web experience. So we basically have a solution <clears throat> where we merge the two together. So for some of our retailers, we actually import POS orders as well. So you buy something in store, you pay with your credit card or cash or whatever you pay. We import that order. <clears throat> and when you look up your order in our system, you can see just like on, at Target, you can see your in-store purchases, your store, your online purchases. You can take that in-store purchase, return it online. You might go somewhere, let's say you visit me, right? You come on the East Coast, you, whatever, you go and buy yourself some jeans, you know, you try them on. They don't fit you perfectly well, you know, but you already are in the hotel room. You have your airplane back. You don't have the chance to go back to a store to return it. And they don't have coverage, you know, on the West Coast in California, where you're from. What are you going to do? You're not going to return the product? Most likely not. But if they, if you merge the two experiences together, if you have, if you just go on the website and you type in your phone number or your email address, and you are able to access your account, you know, without the password, you know, so easy to make it today. And double, you know, two-factor verification. You get into your account, you see the product that you purchased in store and you can return it online by just, I don't like it. It was too large, whatever. I don't like the fit. They generate the label. They don't generate the label because you don't have a printer. <laughs> they generate the QR code and you go to CVS when you have the time, you know, and you just drop off, you know, that those pants and you get your money back. That's the experience that the retail and e-commerce has to achieve, that unified experience. And, you know, it's not easy. It's not easy to import from 200 stores daily orders in almost real time, you know? <laughs> there are Dude, a bunch of sales happening at the store location. I mean, I, I'm smiling because <laughs> you're inspiring me because we're still, still so early into what's being built for e-commerce and retail oh, you know there's still so much innovation and technology and and needs like there's so many problems to solve for this experience and you know we're still you know I, i'm curious i mean i haven't even heard the most recent statistic of where online shopping is compared to to brick and mortar you know it's you know, the I'm, I'm pandemic afraid. spiked it up to finally broke 20%, I think, but curious where we are, but this yeah. whole, <laughs> there's still so much to build. And, you know, as we finish up here today, um, I have, I have two questions for you. Mm -hmm. The first is you mentioned, you know, you've talked about your, your history in retail and all you know, warehouses as far as I can see. And as many of them, do you miss managing inventory? 
No. <laughs> no, it was a nightmare. Oh, my God. We even had at that point, you know, back in the days, like uh, PI, physical inventory count, that took oh. like three days that the entire thing was shut down in a huge warehouse. Oh. And, oh, my God, don't even tell me. And after three days, you started shipping out the products. And we did that like once or twice a year because it was so disastrous. I hope since then they fixed that entire inventory. No, it's nightmare. It's yeah. nightmare. <sighs> There's technology, you know, like you can put like uh, RFID chips and you can just go with the scanner and just do this and it scans yeah. the entire inventory. But, <clears throat> you know, nobody has the time to put it on. Nobody wants to pay for the IDs to put them on. Expensive. That's cool when you're getting it from the manufacturer. But in real life, it's hard. Inventory is hard. Well, and then you have your purchase orders and maybe the right things don't get shipped to you. But they get checked in and so your inventory is off from the start. Yeah. Or, or the inventory is in the warehouse on a pallet sitting there. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> when, when we were finished our retail business, you know, and Travis and I were trying to figure out what to build next, it was like, well, one thing for sure is I don't ever want to see inventory again. <laughs> but let me tell you the cool thing of that. <clears throat> so, this is what I love the most. That was my favorite day probably of the year after Black Friday, Cyber Monday, you know, that Monday you go into the warehouse <clears throat> and you see the boxes and you see how much web generated. Cause basically in two days, like Black Friday, Cyber Monday, that weekend, we used to generate one month worth of, you know, sales, huge, like ginormous sales, you know, and you walk in there and you see like, you have that physical, sensational experience of seeing like boxes of products there and hundreds of warehouse workers working on your yeah. orders that you know that your strategy drove that just makes your heart this big it's fun it's stop those ups trucks so cool yeah and the uh, truck is too small and they have to send I, another one there's so uh, many logistical efficiencies yeah. you can continue to improve and and you can build software to make it move even smoother like mm -hmm. there's so much cool stuff so with that goes in my 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 last question is you know as we finish this year out we move into 2023 you know where do you feel the biggest improvements and opportunities and kind of progress of what we're working on? <clears throat> so um, I think there's a ginormous opportunity in same day deliveries, ginormous. And if you think about it, if you order something and it's going to be delivered in the next 30 minutes, two hours, you don't have customers asking, where's my order? <clears throat> the customer is willing to pay for shipping. They don't want free shipping. They understand. You want it in the next two hours. Okay, it's going to cost you $10, $15. So you recover the free shipping. You don't have mad customers. You deliver a phenomenal experience. The customer is so happy of what of their experience. It's instant gratification, right? I think that is a huge, 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 huge opportunity. And we have the infrastructure behind the scenes. If you think about it, you have Instacart, you have DoorDash, you have Uber, you have many, 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 many other companies, you know, that operate as gig economies, you know, who can just take orders and deliver it in the next 10, 15 minutes. Ooh, interesting. Interesting. So that's what we're working on launching. Drones really <laughs> haven't come to be with huh? that. Remember the, all the conversation how drones were going to deliver everything? We're just too far from that. 
Do you want things fly above you with oh, like, like boxes of like, I don't know, uh, weights? <laughs> My dumbbells are flying in. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the battery dies and it hits, you know, a pedestrian. No, you know, God, we could wrap, we could wrap for a while. Like even hearing what you're saying, you know, my product thinking and experience thinking right now is that websites should be writing, should be presenting reviews of their shipping experience and their return experience, not just product experiences, but the actual company should be, should have those reviews front and center. Like did, you know, shipping, like, think about that that's on our, oh my god you have like such great questions i swear that's on our backlog for like the past two years we just never reached it because we have the company info of like how long it takes for a box to ship it it's just we never got there we can you can access that data too you know people respond to data like 75 yeah. of our of shoppers receive this this item within 48 hours to validate like okay i'm they're they're backing up with a third-party company that analyzes the data. Yeah. So you have that trust. It's not, <clears throat> they make it up. Nothing does me more nuts <laughs> than when like on the product page, it says easy returns and then it's not clickable. It's nothing. It's just like this little like thing. It's like, well, educate it's me. It's easy if you have patience. Yeah. <laughs> well, Virgil, yeah. thank you. Yeah, yeah great things. And obviously, uh, we supply labs.com. Are you in the app stores? Yeah, we're on the Shopify, Magento, BigCommerce app store. Salesforce coming soon. Mm -hmm.